The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson. Uh, not going to be talking many prospects at all today, but we will be recapping uh, how our 2022 fantasy leagues went. And my guest is the great Ian Khan of The Athletic. Uh, Ian, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's, you know, I'm pretty sure we started the season together. Yes. Uh, you and I in this very same spot at the beginning of, I think it was the first podcast of the season, which I was very grateful to be on. And to be with you on this last one is just a real great honor. You know, you and I have you and I were partners, man, and I miss being partners with you in leagues uh, when uh, the RDI folded. Uh, but you know, you're still one of my best friends in this in this game for sure, and somebody who I look to first. Yeah, I look to you first when it comes to all prospects. I always, anytime I see a guy that I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I like this guy, I go right to your list, and I just sort of say. What does my man think of this guy? And then I go, okay, look at that. So it's just really great to be with you. And I, I thank you a lot. Well, yeah, that means a lot to me. And uh, I mean, you are coming off of your best fantasy baseball season ever. I think, uh, would you, would you agree with that? I, you know what? I think, I, I think so. Yeah. I think this is, yeah, I think this is the best one I've had. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's I, uh, I mean that's saying a lot because you've had you've had some good ones, and uh, I mean just a year ago you set the record for points in AL labor, and uh, we'll talk about that league in a bit. But um, I mean for you to follow that up with an even more impressive year, and I know that you kind of got more and more into the NFBC side of things and had a great success there with Robert Mershak in the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, just a just a hell of a year, man. Uh, so congrats on that. Uh, let's maybe let's start with the main event. We'll get to we'll get to Tout Wars. We'll get to Devil's Rejects. We'll get to Labor. Uh, we'll talk about how I did. Uh, but just uh, you know, what was the experience like this year uh, in the main event? Um, you know, I, I really didn't want to do the main event, and the reason I didn't want to do the main event was I didn't want the game to change for me. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to put too much money down because I felt like I've enjoyed, I enjoy the game so much. It's not how I make a living, but it's, it's something that I just enjoy. And I, I didn't want to do it for the money. And so 
you know, and people would give it a hard time, like, oh, you know, you know, industry guys can't play in the main event, right? They they don't play in the main event. And I was always like, yeah, you know, I don't. And then Mershak, Robert Mershak, who is my partner now in a number of leagues, um, and who's a wonderful man and just a great guy and a good friend. And he just said, we got to do the main event this year. And I was like, I don't want to do it. And he's like, we got to do it because you got to, we got to show, you know, you got to play in the biggest, in the biggest, uh, I guess is, is it the biggest game? I mean, I don't know. I, I, to me, labor, AL, tout NL, GDD, devils. I mean, they're all big. They're all great. But so I said, well, I just don't want to invest the money. And it's not necessarily that I couldn't afford it. It was more, I didn't want to afford it. I didn't want to put in 900, $850 or whatever it is. Um, because if it went bad, I was going to be like, oh, this sucks. So he's like, look, just, just give me whatever you want towards it. I'll pay the rest. And then you take that percentage as your winnings if we win. And I was like, all right, if we do it like that, you know, I'll throw in 400 bucks and it's like doing a 400, you know, draft champions, same thing. And then, uh, so we did it. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And also it was like, all right, can you really play against the best players? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so we get our league assignment and it's Tyler Young and Phil Dussault. And it was just a packed league. And Rob was like, oh no, we got Phil Dussault. I was like, good. We got Phil Dussault. That's what we want. That's what you want. You want to play against Phil's probably, you have to say Phil's the best, the best player, just what he's pulled off all these years. So we just worked our tail off and we had the 15th pick and we had done one, we had done a 400 or 150 with the 15th pick. So we had had a little practice at it. And then we really like, we, we busted our butts in preparation for the draft and we, did we we did really well and we got really lucky so we we took we we stayed away from pitching until the fifth sixth round which was the plan i wasn't interested in any pitcher at 15. Uh, so we took bets and devers 15 16. and then when it came back around we we're like maybe cedric mullins will fall to us or maybe aaron judge will fall to us and they both fell to us so we started our top four with bets devers mullins judge and then in five six we took logan webb and then you Darvish. And it was a question of whether we were going to take Darvish or Manoa. And we ended up going with Darvish. And, and I was kind of down about that. I was like, I really like Manoa this year. But Rob was like, no, Darvish. And so we did. And we took Darvish. And, and so that was the base of the team. And then we got a bunch of really good players later in the draft at really good spots like Rizzo, I think, in the 16th. And Jeremy Pena in the 21st. And we built a really, really good team together. Um, and then about, I guess it was about a month in, we had climbed to the top of our league and we were really cruising. And Rob was like, Hey, you want to, I'm going to split it with you anyway. Like I'm going to split whatever we win with you. 50, 50. I was like, no, 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 that's not the thing. He's like, no, you, I, I get 24% or whatever the number is. He goes, no, you get 50%. So I was like, all right, well then I'm paying you the rest of the money now. And he goes, you don't have to do that. I'm just going to give I said, no, I'm going to pay the rest of the money. So gave him the rest of the money. And then we played it out and we did well. We did well. And we had some really good pickups along the way. I was talking to Eno Saris last night to call him to congratulate him on AL Labor, which was a phenomenal performance, which I think we're going to talk about later on the show. And um, we were talking about like things to learn for next year with, <laughs> with NFBC. One of the great things also was I got to know Phil Dussault over the course of the year. So I reached out to him right after our draft. And I was like, yo, I'm Ian Khan. We had followed each other and congratulated each other last year. And 
And I like to, you know, James, I like to get on the phone with people. I like to learn from people. I like to, I, I highly recommend that. Like go talk to the best players in the game and if you can and try to learn from them. Um, and so over the course of the season, Phil and I developed a, a good friendship, which at a certain point he was like, you're going to win this league. Like you've got this, you guys have this league salted. I hope you go for the overall. And so we did. And we started going for the overall in June. Like we were focusing all of our attention on the overall, which was, I think, a little stupid, actually. Like we just got really lucky with uh, largely with injuries. Like it really. And then at the, the last week, we were up to fourth place in the overall, I think. I think we got to fourth on Saturday. And then we had to make a decision about which way do we go for it. And Dussault said to me, he said, look, if you're in that, I spoke to him about a week and a half ago. He said, if you're in fourth, fifth place, the downside of taking risks, because I don't play, I don't play with a lot of risk with starting pitchers. Like I don't, I don't want it. I don't want any, I'm not streaming anybody, period. I'm not a streamer. I don't believe in it. I don't want two star pitchers. Never. I just don't want it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. And he said, in this last weekend, when you get to the end, the downside of going from fifth to ninth is the difference between like 20,000 to like 10,000 or something like that. It was like 15,000 to like 9,000. Or if you got up to third, you go from 15,000 to 30,000. So he's like, it just makes sense to take the risk. So we did. And we put in, uh, I don't even remember the guy's name and I probably should remember it for the rest of my life, but Davis Martin, is that who it is for Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Davis Martin, we had him going last night. We had him going yesterday. <laughs> nine runs in one and two thirds and dropped us down to ninth place uh, overall. But, uh, but that was okay. Cause it was the, the thinking on it was, was sound. So we ended the season, we played against the best players in the NFBC and we really had a, we had a good, we had a good, we had a good year. We got very, very fortunate is all I'll say. I mean, we, 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 we never took a week off and playing with a partner is really valuable. I, I highly recommend it. Rob DiPietro is always like, how do you do that? How do you play with partners? Like, I don't know how you could do that. It drives me crazy. I can't, you know, but if you can figure out a way to partner well, and James, you and I used to partner great, just makes you better. And having, working with Rob every week, boom, boom, boom. It just made all the difference. And we had a good season. We didn't win. We didn't win the whole thing, but we, we showed, we showed pretty well. I mean, I think, just winning a main event league in itself, regardless of where you finish in the overall, is a hell of an accomplishment. And to finish ninth in the overall and win a league, uh, I mean, that's a feat that most people aren't going to top in an entire lifetime of playing fantasy baseball. So a uh, hell of a first time showing for you guys. Um, not yeah. surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, especially... Uh, I mean, you were just, you were high on the right guys this year. Um, and I, I'm jealous of your strategy, uh, in hindsight, I wish that I hadn't taken any starting pitchers in the first four rounds or so of any of my NFBC drafts, because I, I had enough pitching to win any league this year in pretty much all my NFBC leagues. And I just didn't have enough hitting uh, in, in a few spots. Um, so I'm, I'm jealous of that strategy. I think it, that's in hindsight, a, a, a great strategy, um, for this past season. And it's something I might think about heading into next year. I'll tell you, man, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I just didn't like any, anybody 
in that first 30, first 45 players. And I like the five, six turn so much for the pitchers. Right. And if you know that it's like, do I want to invest in a court? Like Walker Bueller was there at 15. And I was like, I think he was there at 15 or we were in, you know, we had so many discussions. What if it goes this way? What if it goes this way? What if this guy falls? I was just like, I'm not taking, we're not taking Walker Bueller. We can't do it. I don't trust him. I don't want him. I don't, I don't want to invest a pit in a pitcher like that. And then it's like, yeah, but then you get somebody likes, you know, I'm looking at next year. We're looking at next year now. Like you literally yesterday, as soon as the season was over, Rob and I hopped on and, you know, we kind of licked our wounds from, we licked our wounds from the drop on the final day. And then we sort of went, all right, so what about next year? What are we looking at? And I'm looking at like Sandy Alcantara at 16, who you were on before. I mean, I owe you for Alcantara, man, because it was, I think, three years ago. You were like, Ian, Alcantara, dude. I was like, really? And you're like, I'm telling you. And now look at him. And I've got him and I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues because of that. But do I want to invest that at the 16, 15, 16? Do I want that over Vlad Guerrero? Or over Mookie Betts will not be able to get him at 15 again, no. but but you can get Devers at 15, 16. So we're talking, we're we're starting to talk about that. I I just I feel like we can find the pitching. I think that if you, you know, one of the big successes of the season in both this and NL Tout Wars was picking up Spencer Strider in April. I think we you and I talked about him and I told you I was like, there's this guy um who and it was just from reading the box scores. And I was looking for somebody who had AL. Somebody like in AL Tout, I had Garrett Whitlock going. He was going three innings, five strikeouts. I was like, it's got to be a guy doing that in the NL. And so I went and I watched film. That's what I do. I go watch film. And I, first I read the box scores and I said, who's Spencer Strider? Three innings, five strikeouts, no hits, no walks. What? So I went back and I literally watched the five strikeouts because they have, you know, on the MLB app, you can go press the button and then you see the five strikeouts. And I was like, whoa, that's electric. What the hell's going on? And then I went literally went back to the game and watched every inning and watched how he was thinking and watched how he was holding himself and, you know, how he was, which is so much of how I play the game is I'm watching the psychology of the players to decide how I feel about them. And I was like, oh, my God, I just saw the best pitcher that I've seen. Like, he's the best pitcher. And so just grab him. And that's how that's how we we supplemented it. And then Hunter Green, we picked up Hunter Green in June um, when he came back off of injury. No, no, no. But like when he first came up, we invested in those guys. So instead of investing in two-star pitchers ever and saying, hey, I want to get the two stars this week. I was just, we were just looking for the best pitcher, best pitcher every week. Because then they hit and you hold and they just roll. So we were low in strikeouts. Our hitting went nuts at the beginning of the season. Our hitting was crazy because Devers was ridiculously hot. Judge went, you know, Judge, we had Judge too. I mean, you know, we did have Aaron Judge on that team, but, um, but at the same time, it was it was the pickups. It's all about the pickups. You know, so his genius season in 2021, if you look at his draft, it was good, okay. It was his pickups. It's the pickups. It's what happens on Sunday. It's what happens on Saturday and Sunday. It's, it's the choice. As an actor, you know, I used to be an actor full-time, and now I'm on sabbatical from acting, which is great. But as an actor, like, the talent is in the choice that you make as an actor. Like, what do you want to do with that sentence? What do you want to do with this with this line? As a fantasy baseball player, the talent is in the choice in what you put down for the number in your fab and who you pick. That's where the talent comes in. It's about the choices you make. That's it. Yeah, and, and I – when I said, you know, I don't think uh, – like Todd Whitestone, my my partner for uh, 
the NFBC, uh, he, you know, we were going through our, our pitcher hits and the only pitcher that we took in any of our three leagues that we really regretted or starting pitcher that we took in any of our three leagues that we really regretted was the highest pitcher we took in any of our three leagues. And that was Lucas Giolito, mm-hmm. uh, in like one league. And, um, but the rest of our hit or the rest of our pitchers were, were hits. Um, Who were the rest of the pitchers that you guys were in on? And Todd, great guy, loved his weekly articles. But who who were the guys that you were targeting at the beginning of the season? Um, I mean, we had Manoa uh, <laughs> pretty much everywhere. We had Nestor <laughs> Cortez pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, just. Uh, yeah, you had Nestor and L- AL Labor, too. Yeah, that's my I mean, that's, that's my guy, dude. That's my Yankee dude. Yeah, I, I mean, love we, we, Cortez. We picked up uh, picked up Strider in one of those leagues, um, mm-hmm. but like the main, what I was kind of gonna say is, it's not that everyone should just be like, oh, I'm gonna take middle round pitching. You have to take what you're, you know, you have to play to your strengths, right? And I think uh, my biggest strength is just getting good starting pitching after the first few rounds. Mm-hmm. And so I have to factor that in. If your strength is really, you know, hammering mid-round hitters, mm-hmm. then it might make sense to go for a Sandy Alcantara or something like that. But Absolutely. I mean, I think you, you have to play to your strengths. And I got sort of 85% of the way there this year. I, I got all my, my saves in the draft that worked out great. I, uh, I was listening to a, one of one of your more recent pods, and you guys were talking about <clears throat> whether or not to pay up for the best catchers. Uh, that paying up for catchers really paid off for me this year. But did that's real Mudo. Did you pay up? Yeah, a lot of real Mudo, a lot of Smith, a lot of Varsho. Um, oh, Varsho, I was dead wrong on Varsho, man. I was so wrong on Varsho. On on my two, I I won uh, I won two of my uh, fourteen. NFBC leagues this year, and on both of the winners, I had a real Mudo Varsho double up. I want to say. Or I remember at the beginning of this year, dude, you and I were talking on the show, I think, and you were saying, "I'm all in on Varsho," and I was like, "No, no, don't do that. Why are you doing that?" And <laughs> <laughs> that's why you did that. That was a really, really great play. You have to. That's a that's a tip of the hat to you, man, and Real Mudo both. I, that was an interesting conversation about uh, on uh, the show that I do with Derek Van Riper, who uh, also won Tout Wars this year, um, and uh, and Maki, which was uh, kind of fun. Your you know the old league. Um, he and I got into a really good with with Nando Defino, Derek, and myself called Under the Radar on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, usually comes out Wednesday. We were going to do it today, but. Nando can't do it, so we're doing it early next week. It'll be our sort of end of the season show. Um, but we were talking about catchers and relief pitchers, and whether like where do you choose to where do you choose to deeply invest? It's interesting, you know. It's it it is endlessly interesting fantasy baseball. And who knows? Look, I was really sure that I didn't want to pay for starting pitching this year. I didn't like anybody at their price. I didn't want Corbin Burns at five. I definitely didn't want Garrett Cole at three or six. You know, but I don't know how it's going to look next year yet because um, Dylan Cease is remarkably good. Shane McClanahan, remarkably good. Two players that Eno Saris carried, you know, carried him to his championship. Um, so it, it really depends on the price, as as Ariel Cohen would say. It's it's 
you know, it's where are they landing? Because if everybody takes this tack now, right, and says, all right, but let's go back to the old school ways of fantasy baseball, and we're just going to do hitter, 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 and then all of a sudden you get to pick 31, and Dylan Cease is sitting there, I may not want to do a pitcher at 31, but the value of Cease at 31 versus Cedric Mullins, who might be at 31 and might be the next best hitter, I'm taking Dylan Cease in that spot. You know, I mean, that's just an example, but it's it, it, the values are constantly changing on these players. So it just, it worked out to plan in for us in the main event, like literally every two picks, we got just about everybody we wanted. We wanted Carlos Rodon at the five, six, um, but he went a little bit earlier, but like later we had a plan. We were going to take Glaber Torres and Chris Taylor at 11, 12 to get the dual eligibility from both spots. I think it was 11, 12 or something like that. And we got them there. Uh, you know, like we, we mapped it out because it's $1,700, man. So that's a lot of dinners. That's, that's, it's not, that's, and that's why I didn't want to do it. Cause I was like, if I lose, it's going to suck. Like you can win every other league with all the other winnings this year. It's not going to come up to $1,700, you know, cause the, the, the money, but there's a lot of money, but you know, it ended up working out. We ended up getting lucky this year. Yeah. The, I had my highest finish in a main event, finishing second. Um, but I, the one I, I really wanted to win that league um, badly, just to get my first main win. Uh, Mark Cerebro, uh, uh, Gecko Industries took that down. Uh, Todd and I had been kind of battling with him for first uh, for like the last three, four months, and we just didn't have enough hitting in the end. And um, you know that was that was tough. That's uh, something I'm desperate to do is, is win a main event league and you guys were able to do it in in your first year doing it. So that's, that's really cool. But you know what, can I say something about, first of all, you're going to win 62 over the course of the next, <laughs> you're a young guy, man. You're going to, you're going to win many, many mains because you're one of the period, one of the best players that I, I know and that I've ever seen. Um, and you have the upside and the advantage of being the prospect guy who knows every one of these players. And I, I've lessened my dynasty like focus this year happily. Um, but it's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage that you have more than anybody to know, like, no, no, I'm going to have all of these pitchers that nobody else really knows about. I'm going to be able to pick them up, but here's what I wanted to say. I found in the main first time. So it may be different. But from what I found, it's a lot easier to find pitching on the wire than it is was to find everyday at bats. Guys who have everyday regular jobs, those are harder to find than guys who might pop up and all of a sudden, like Reed Detmers, we we picked up Reed Detmers for that wonderful little section in August mm -hmm. where he just went, you know, batty. And Jose Suarez for that really great section in September that he went, you know, he went crazy. Those guys are available. And if you're watching, I watch film, you know, Rob puts up a player and I say, let me watch him. And I watch him and I say, Ooh, that's, that's the guy. Look at him. He's really good. So I, from, from my perspective, you can make up pitching points a lot easier than hitting points, trying to catch up in home runs and RBI and stolen bases and average and runs is really hard. It's just really hard to do. Really yeah, hard to move that needle. And that's, uh, that was my weakest. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I mean, the pitching was there in pretty much every league uh speed was there in pretty mm -hmm. much every league but just didn't leave enough didn't leave the draft with uh enough of those four category 
offensive anchors. And I mean, I, it's kind of a, an accomplishment like to have, like I, I made, you know, I, I was profitable uh, this year. Uh, maybe not if you break it down, <laughs> I forget who um, uh, tweeted something to this effect last night, but like it, it probably breaks down to about <laughs> a, a dollar about a day, an hour. Dollar an hour. <laughs> yeah. I think it was but, Corbin who put it, who posted that. I was like, yeah, that's about right. But um, you know, profit, having a profitable year with zero, Aaron Judge shares on any of my teams, I feel like is an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, agree. But like, you know, looking ahead to, to next year, like, you know, I loved Austin Riley, but I oh, only dude, ended up with him. James, you places. loved James, you loved Austin Riley five years ago. You said, we got to get Austin Riley. I was like, really? You said he's gonna be a stud. A stud. Remember? And then we drafted him, I think, in like the Ninth, well, we tenth took, round. We took. Uh, did we take him and Jordan Alvarez? Like in the yeah, middle? yeah. No, we traded for Jordan Alvarez. Or we, we traded. We, we traded, traded for, for Jordan Alvarez okay. uh, late in that season, and then we had to flip Jordan. Uh, it's just sad. you know these these dynasty yeah. trades they live with you forever. But uh, no, you had Austin Riley going from from before he was. I mean, and I never trusted him. I never thought I'm. I've never been a Riley guy. Um, but I, in the back of my head, I've also always been, well, James loves him. James loves him. And so every time I saw him, I'm like, good job, James. Yeah, that one. Well, my my point on Riley was, you know, and there's going to be players. Like, I mean, I liked Pete Alonzo this year. But, like, it's just not ending up with enough of those guys because of the fact that they weren't going to help with speed mm-hmm. is something I just have to get better at. Um because if if a guy is if you're confident a guy is going to have a monster year, and they're going around later than they should, which is how I would kind of describe Riley or Alonzo this past year, then you have to just be willing to take that production. And I mean, if you're you have to you have to be willing to go get the the speed you know later. And speed, I think, um, that's probably my biggest adjustment. Is like I, I didn't take that much high. Uh, starting pitching so that's not even that big of an adjustment um but i just think there was way more speed on the wire this year than and there's going to be more speed now right yep. there's going to be and, much more speed now because yep. of the change in the rules so but what did you do with the top four tell me what the top six picks were in the second place main event team how did that go top six um and what position see. were you in when you started it i'm gonna pull it up um Cause I'm on the, on a different computer here. Um, but it'll just take, take me a second. Um, so I did not regret taking early, um, early speed in the first round, <laughs> but it was, uh, the early speed in the other rounds that didn't work out great. All right. I almost got it pulled up. Um, what pick were you in this league? Five, four. Um, we were, let's see, gosh, this is terrible, terrible radio. Um, let's go to, I'm going to head to, I'm going to head to a message from our sponsors here and then I'll hopefully have that pulled up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Rare MLB is an NFT-based, free-to-play baseball game played with officially licensed Major League Baseball cards. Sign up today at SoRare.com slash MLB and you'll receive 13 common cards to start your collection. Build seven-player lineups from cards in your collection and play weekly competitions with scoring based on real-life player performance. Compete for rewards with other fans around the world. For more information on gameplay and to sign up, visit SoRare.com slash MLB. There's no better time to join SoRare than ahead of their postseason gameplay. So um, I remember it was it was bets, and then we had we took Luis Robert, I think, with our second pick. Jordan Romano was like our. I, we, I think we were picking fourteenth. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I think it was uh, it was just one of those years where we just we didn't leave the draft with enough. Uh, that's the it's the Jordan Romano pick. Home runs. It's the Jordan Romano pick. Like, I just don't know that I. I and great players were doing it, right? And I think well, I don't. You, I don't regret the Jordan Romano pick. Yeah, but the the issue I have is the saves. I don't know if I like early saves like that. And Romano's awesome. Romano is brilliant. But I I argue I think that's I don't know I don't know. I mean, everyone was so concerned about saves and especially this particular season because it was like are you gonna you know we don't know we didn't we didn't have the regular spring training and so it was like the the top 10 guys were the guys and if you didn't get one of those guys you were screwed but so i don't know yeah yeah we, you know the the robert pick was bad um jazz chisholm in the fifth you know he yeah, got hurt that's just hurt. um but uh i mean we got uh 
Nestor and Lodolo super late in this league. That's good, Um, man. But yeah, just not enough, like didn't hit on any of the sort of like Goldschmidt, Judge, Riley types kind of in round three, four. Yeah, and also the 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 uh so you came in second place so it's not like you it's not like you came in ninth or 14th place with this team mm-hmm. and you lost you know freaking louis louis robert rope robert i mean Ro- he was i would i would have preferred him to just have a season ending injury in in may honestly uh, yeah just he such a headache all season long i i just i was out on that on that player just because i don't trust that he would stay healthy like it just didn't feel it's so much of it is is risk assessment sorry that's my little ariel cohen but yeah again gotta be mindful of risk can't can't take risk risk players and that's uh, louis robert has that jazz chisel that's just bad luck right I, I don't mind that start because if you had a full season from jazz and you had a full season from louis robert with everything else that you had going on you're winning that league it's not even close you know so so much of this is we oh. got very fortunate you want to want to know uh, just a really super random like way that Todd and I were looking at our season. So we came in second in our main, second in our OC, and then uh, fifth in our other main. Um, if and we had Royce Lewis on all three teams. Mm. If if Royce Lewis just doesn't get injured, I think we win both of those leagues yeah. that we came second in. And Royce Lewis is just such a forgotten man at this point, right? But like. Where, can I ask you just a sidebar for a question for for a minute on in terms of Royce Lewis? I, uh, Steve Gardner and I play in the XFL. We have Royce Lewis being able to be kept on a on a. I always call you about big trades. I thank you again for Julio Rodriguez. It's because of you that that trade went through. When I I, I don't think I mentioned this on the show in April, but I did mention it on my show. Uh, we made a trade with Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. I was driving home from Washington D.C. in November, and we were trying to make a trade to get Julio Rodriguez. And I call and, and I was like piling on all of these assets to Tristan and Eric trying to get it done. And we couldn't quite do it. We couldn't quite do it. And he was like, not quite. And so I just called James Anderson on the phone and I say, James, um, so we're in talks to trade for Julio Rodriguez. That's cool. All right. So here's my question for you. I need a comp. Give me a comp on Julio Rodriguez. Like, and not like, you know, just give me like an honest comp. I don't need ceiling. I just want like, what's the comp? He pauses for about five seconds and he goes, he says, uh, Juan Soto. And I went, what? I'm literally driving in the car. He goes, it's Juan Soto. That's my comp. And I went, are you kidding? Are you kidding? I said, not the ceiling. I just want like the comp. Juan Soto. I'm sorry. I got to go. I call, <laughs> call Tristan and I'm like, uh, all right. So what else do you need here? You want that second round pick? Uh, He's like, yeah, I need the second round pick if we're going to. I said, okay, you got the second round pick. We'll, we'll do it. And now we have Julio Rodriguez for the next 12 years in that league, which is very, very awesome. So thank you, James. Um, and you were dead right. And I thought you were crazy. But I said, if James says it, then it's true. And James and Julio Rodriguez is is top, top on my dynasty list right now. Number one on my dynasty list. Royce Lewis, you've had him anywhere from number two on your prospect list at the beginning of the season. He was at number two. Uh, at some point when he first was getting ready to come up and then when he came up, he was at number two. Did he even go to number one for a minute? No, he's, he hasn't been at one. Um, he was at two, right? Am I right about that? He was at two after he was in the majors and for like, a week and it, it was transferring, right? Like, so, um, like I, 
I was bullish on him having a a nice rebound if he if he made it all the way back healthy and he did obviously I mean he was playing great and so like that was all I needed to see to to push him up to to number two um was Carol one at that time did you have Carol yeah, one yeah, yeah that makes sense that's right um so yeah Lewis was two in in late May um mm-hmm. his, his on Rotowire you can see like a player's prospect ranking history and his ranking history is just uh Ridiculous. It's just a straight line of being basically the fifth to twelfth best prospect from February 2018 till that injury, mm-hmm. and then uh, then he got back up there, obviously. And now I've I've got him at 14 on my latest update. Okay, so you have him at 14. Um, you have him at 14. So we well then it's a no brainer. It's not just a no-brainer keeper, but it's a no-brainer. Like, you think he comes back. What is Royce Lewis? He's going to come back probably in May or June of next year. You'd have to think he's going to go back down. He's going to fully recover by April is what I think I had. I think I read. Then he's going to have to go back down, do it again for a couple of minutes, and then he comes back up. And then who is he? Who? What is? Here we go. What is the comp for Royce Lewis? Well, I don't have any um, real concerns about, like, I think what he showed us in the majors is just what he is. Um, But I just, my main concern is just that he re-injures the knee after he comes back. Like, I think, I don't, I don't think there's performance risk here. Okay. Um, So let's take out the injury for a minute. We're taking out the injury. Royce Lewis, it's 2026. Royce Lewis's knee is fully healed. There hasn't been a question. We've taken away the injury risk on Royce Lewis. What is his comp? Um, what, I, what I've always he he, and he's always his... reminded me of of Mookie Betts for fantasy, just but not with that type of OBP. Um, like Betts always had those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he would have just crazy K to walk rates where he was just walking eleven percent of the time, striking out. 13% of the time like that's that's not Royce Lewis um so almost almost sort of like a, a Tim Anderson Mookie Betts type of blend mm-hmm. um so like and I just what position I, what position will he be playing that's I mean I think shortstop I mean they just they don't have a shortstop uh Correa that's, what if Correa comes back I don't think they I don't think he's coming back <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to get your thoughts on um, Correa. Did you see like Correa's uh, quote about being a free agent? And no, I didn't like see that. it. What did he say? <laughs> What's the um, gist? Well, he basically he said that he's the product. Um, when he walks into the Dior store at the mall, he just buys what he wants for whatever they're asking for it, and he thinks that that's what he is, and that uh, the the twins or whoever need to just meet his asking price. Yeah. Um, all right. It was just, it was a quote. Like if, if you watch the video, I, I guarantee you, you would have an him. opinion on it. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I'll try to catch that before, uh, before under the radar and I'll, I'll try to get it, get but, a vibe on it. But like, like I just, right. I don't, I don't see that. I like, I think he's looking for a huge payday and I don't see the twins. No. Like, going in that direction personally yeah i don't and 
he's just not that he's actually a good defender man he's got a big guy's got a great arm he's a he's a better he's a better baseball player than he is fantasy baseball player that's for sure um i, I want to ask you about one other prospect before we get into other stuff uh jackson churio so he goes okay. from he's he's you you created in my head jackson churio and just the whole world went nuts on june something and everyone's like rah, rah, jackson churio churio and it was just insane then he goes up to double a and he struggles right but what is your comp? Give me your comp on Jackson Churio moving forward in baseball. How soon does he arrive? Is he is he up in 2023, 2024? I'd like I'd like to hear when he comes up and who's your comp? What's your comp? You know, I I am gonna disappoint you here. I I've really struggled to come up with a, a Churio comp. Um it's uh, and I know you're doing XFL prep here because uh, yep. I, I think I saw some. I think it was Todd Todd Zola um, tweeting about how Churio is is essentially like the best prospect that's been available in the XFL draft. Um, and we in traded a while because most of the time; those guys are you know, if you're going to be a top five, top ten prospect, you're already rostered. Right? And we traded Jeff Erickson. Steve Gardner and I traded Jeff uh, Carlos Correa in May for his first round pick because Jeff was going for the championship. So we got the first pick in the draft. So, and just by a skin of our teeth, Jeff came in second, uh, which was impressive. But so now it's about Jackson Churio or Jackson Holiday. There's a couple of other guys, but Churio was, it's, it's the Churio. I mean, to me. Cheerio. So you're not you're not as excited about Cheerio as, as you as others. No, I I am. I just am kind of I don't have a I don't have a good count for you. Um All right. like, I I just think he's so it's just such a wide range of kind of um like is I could see him developing into just this like 35 homer guy who maybe How many doesn't bases? steal I just, I don't know, man. Like he has enough speed to steal 30 bases. He might do enough damage that he kind of turns more into like a power hitter. Mm -hmm. I, it's just, you know, when you're talking about a, like he's 18 and a half right now, like he's in between <laughs> his 18th and 19th birthdays. And it's just, to me, there's just so much All unknown right. well. stuff with him, right? I'll tell you what, I, I unless we trade that pick, I, Jackson Churio is going to be on our team to go with uh, Adley Rutschman and Corbin Carroll. And um, yeah, it's, it's a no brainer pick. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I guess that that's really, yeah. that's really at the end of the day, my question. And, but then I just want to ask you quickly about one other player in that system. What about a story Ruiz? I mean, the numbers are eye popping, man. Mm -hmm. 70 stolen bases in the minors, 75 stolen bases. Uh, 25 30 home runs uh you know is it is what what are we supposed to do with that and then the, and then he he gets traded to milwaukee and there was one day like one double header where he stole five bases or five bases in one game and hit a home run or something and it's like this is is this a fantasy absolute difference maker or is the hit tool because i know you're the hit tool man is the hit tool just not good enough to for it to play or for him to play uh i think I think the hit tool is fine. Um, I just, the power output in the big leagues is very much up for debate. Like he could be 
he could just be like a eight homer type of guy who hits ninth. Um, or but, he could be a 15 homer guy who hits first. But I mean, I think it, Bubba Thompson. So Bubba Thompson, how do you, how do you measure this? Bubba Thompson, who Nando DeFino, hey, Nando DeFino here, was killing about in April. This guy, Bubba Thompson, guys, Bubba Thompson, right? And then Bubba Thompson has a remarkable minor league season, steals 40 bases in the minors, hits, what did he hit? Like 28 home runs? Am I crazy? Isn't that what he had? Like He had 13 homers at AAA. 13 homers. Okay, I'm sorry. Then it was it was like half the season he had 13. So I was thinking like 26, 27 homers over the course of the full season. Comes up to the majors. I don't think maybe hit one, maybe two. Yep. But won't that come with time? Won't that come with age in terms of dynasty assets? Bubba, Bubba Thompson's not without power. Um, he has plenty of raw power. Uh, I just, I'm more upset at uh, Bubba Thompson's um, fantasy utility probably this year than any other players because I just think he had absolutely no business being as productive as he was in the majors. Um, and I am going to be fading the crap out of him next year. But um, I also was fading Jorge Mateo this year, and I was fading hey Cedric Collins the year before. So like you know. I that's just kind of my it maybe it's a blind spot um but i just like Esther Ruiz i am extremely confident that he is a full grade better as a hitter than Bubba Thompson gotcha okay good to know good to know cuz he's another player that's on our on our on our on our fence um, so let's let's get to these uh expert leagues here um why don't we uh start with the one we're both in AL Labor huge congrats to Eno Saris uh, 115 points, I believe, out of 120 possible. Uh, Dude, I, call, I called him last him. night. I called him last night, and I just said, I feel like um, Roger Bannister, because last year I put up 110.5 and broke a record that had stood for, I don't know, 15 mm-hmm. years. No one had ever done it, and I was like, hey, I've got a record that's going to last a good long time. Nope, Nino just destroyed, just hit a remarkable season. Tip of the hat. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it ended up being a pretty good year. I'll, I'll take second place. Ended up with 89 points there. Yeah, um, you were, you were clear. You, there was some separation between Eno and you, and there was some separation between you and uh, the rest of the field. So I think you, you did a hell of a job. Um, couldn't catch him, know. though. Couldn't catch him. It was, it was, well, really you, that, that, that league, I mean, if we're being honest, that league was just over after the auction, right? You know, that league was over after, the first fab pickup that first fab pickup was unique because we had all these players and he picked up Anthony Rizzo for, I don't know, like 60 bucks or something. And I didn't bid on anybody during that. I really wanted to have control over fab for the rest of the season. Um, That was a mistake on my part. I think, I think that I would have, my team would have been better had I invested earlier in the season and just played small ball the rest of the way, like most teams did. But I didn't want to do that. I didn't end up doing that, but I ended up having more fab than I needed. Um, no, look, Eno Saris put on a, a brilliant performance and tip of the hat to him. I, like I said, I called him last night on the phone and I was like, congrats, man. You 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 blew us all away. And he did. He blew us all away. And then you took down uh, NL Tout, correct? I did. And as we went into the final day, I uh, I gotta say that that was the one that that I was holding my breath on the most. Like that's the one that 
I think it was my first year in NL Tout. Fred Zinke left that league. I was lucky enough to get into that league this year, and I really wanted that. I really wanted that championship. Great players in that league. Todd Zola's in that league. Phil Hertz, who – Phil Hertz, Wilderman, and Pryor, those two – the three of us were pretty much fighting for the championship all season long. Um, I had some really – had a good, good auction in that. I, I felt really good at that auction after that auction. I was like, I think I can win with this team. Um, and it was, uh, value, 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 man. And, and really knowing I, I took three stars, which I don't typically do, but I got, uh, Freddie Freeman first for $35. I think I had him for 38 and at 35, I was like, I'm taking him. Then Manny Machado came up and I got Manny Machado for $33 and I had him for 38 and I was like, I'm taking him. And then Mookie Betts I got for $37. And I had him for $42 and then only. And I took him. So I had those three that really carried me. And then some some of the other good ones was Jesus Lazardo for like six, Jerks and Profar for three, Rowdy Telez for nine, Taiwan Walker for four. Um, and then some misses that didn't didn't quite work out, but they they weren't expensive misses. Marcus Stroman for 12 was fine. Carlos Rodon for 20 was really good. Edwin Diaz for 21 was really good. Um, but it was the pickups. I was able to pick up Daniel Bard in the first week um, for like $44 out of a thousand and Spencer Strider picked up in April. Um, it, that same week that we picked him up in the main, which was huge. It was just huge. Um, I mean, just, just getting Strider and Bard in an, in an only uh, yeah. fab. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a hell of a, and Tanner Scott and Tanner Scott. I got, uh, like just when he was just about to get the closer job, like just when he was taking it, it was like, it was like, you know, Flora was out and then Bender was going to be Bender. But then it looked to me like Scott was going to be the guy. So I got Scott and I got a big lead in saves, second to Michael Simeon in saves. So then I traded Bard, Kurt Cavale and $45 fab to Tristan Cockroft for Michael Harris right soon after Harris came up because I needed the stolen bases. And that's how I won. The, that, that was the, that was the difference. Not just the Harris thing, but just, Focusing Christopher Morell, I also picked up in NL Tout, which was really helpful for that run where he was so successful and added a lot of stolen bases. But it really came down to stolen bases at the end, and uh, it was a, it was a real battle. The the weird thing was at the end of the season. So Dussault and I were talking about the main event, and I was like, "Hey, can I ask you your advice on NL Tout?" And he's like, "Sure, yeah." So we went over it, and he said to me, "He said you don't need wins." You don't, you're top of strikeouts. You're locked at wins. You really need to protect your ratios. I wouldn't start any starters for the next two weeks. And so I was just pulling. He was like, just be very selective with the starters you pick. Um, I could have ended up with a higher score, frankly, if I had pitched this week, Taiwan Walker, uh, who else was Jesus Lazardo. I sat this week who had a ridiculous week. Sean Manaya had a ridiculous week. Um, but I just wanted the win. I just wanted the win so bad. I really wanted that win. And I was really very grateful that it, it was a fight a tip of the hat, especially to Phil Hertz, nicest guy. Um, but you know, it was, yeah, it was, means in some ways means more than the main event to me, frankly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I should say I finished fifth in AO labor, uh, finished third in uh, tout wars draft and hold props to Vlad Sedler for, winning that one he was in first for pretty much the whole season good player um, man. nice guy too you've won so you've won labor tout 
a main event and Devil's Rejects, uh, which you took down with Wilson Caraman this year. Um, yeah. Before you before you get into that team, uh, I think I was I think I was texting with Eno. Um, he <laughs> he basically said something to the effect of, "I just get depressed looking at uh, Ian's roster and Devil's Rejects." And I was like, "Yeah, man, I I wouldn't recommend looking at that." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Wilson and I, 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 I joined Wilson Caraman, who is one of my oldest friends in this, in this industry and just a great guy. And we took on, uh, I, I joined him a couple of years ago and it's been, it's been a battle because our first year was 2020. So it was like not a real season. We ended up in, I think, fourth place out of 20 teams. Then last year we thought we had it. We thought we built a good enough team. We ended up in third close to second you know greg got first with 183 and then luke had 180 and then we had 177 and i really was like it was really making me mad i was like you can't win this league freaking win um and so we really doubled down and uh and we and greg had a greg tore out of the season uh but we had made some trades i remember oh james this is huge this is actually a big moment I made a trade in 2020 with Tom Trudeau, with Tom. We traded him, Raphael Devers. He traded us, Aaron Judge, Frankie Montas, and Justin Turner, who then we flipped right before this season to Ian Riley, Justin Turner for Nate Lowe. Lowe, Nate Lowe, not Lowe. Nate Lowe, right before the season. I called you, and I went, we just made this trade. He goes, yeah. And you said, yeah, I just saw. I said, what do you think? And I was waiting for you to go, great trade. And you said, I'll tell you this. If you win a championship in the next two or three years, it's a really good trade. If you don't win a championship in the next two or three years, you lose the trade. And I went, damn, really? And you're like, yeah. And I said, all right. And 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 I, and I got off the phone with you and I went, you're right. He's right. He's right. Because Devers is 23, Judge is 29, 28. That's five years of, you know. Montas, whatever, you know, Turner is going to help us for a minute. So we did. We won it this year. It's really, uh, it was really awesome. It was a really awesome feeling. And then everyone was celebrating and cheering, you know, last week on WhatsApp, you know, Luke reached out and said, hey, congratulations, a dominating win. We were up to like 193 points out of 200. And then Greg just, in the last week, we got really scared because Greg just started climbing. And all of a sudden we were up by like three points at one point over the weekend. And Wilson and I are just like, uh, this would suck. But then it normalized uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I have to say it's really pretty good. It was a, it was a really good feeling, really good feeling and great to do with friends, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of partnering with your friends. Just yeah. now James got Todd. So there's no time for me and James anymore, sadly. But, um, but partnering is just, it's just great fun because you get to enjoy the wins together. You know, that's part of the fun of it is like just a little texting between each other going, Hey, look what we did. And then hopping on the phone and being like, yep, that's what we did. It's just really fun. It's really, well, I think baseball's fun. I mean, I think you got to find the, you got to find the right um, kind of combination for, for a good uh, partnership. Mm -hmm. I don't think you would have had as good a year this year if you'd been partnering with me instead of Rob Marshak. Uh, because I would have fought you on a lot of your biggest hits in the draft. So like, I think it's, it's uh, you want to have, you want to be really kind of aligned on a lot of the, the majority of your, your targets, right? Like you don't want to be, 
Yeah. Like you take one, I'll take one. No. You want to be kind of. There has to be, there has to be a captain of the ship and then someone who's there to say, captain, you, you're messing this up. Rethink this. Um, I think that's fair. I think it's very fair. I think that's true. I think, but you and I were pretty good at that. We, 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 we were pretty good at that, but well, it was, I think we were, um, we were a really good combo in, in dynasty because, uh, I could just do the prospects and you could do the trades and that was all we really needed. But, um, I gotta tell you though, dynasty is, it's lost a little bit of the juice for me. It just has. I, the the redraft experience is so great. Still in, I mean, Devils Rejects is a dynasty league, and it's going to be hard every year. Like you, you and Eno, your team is going to come back. You guys are growing the team. Eno's excited about it. You're excited about it. Uh, Greg is not going anywhere. Luke's not going anywhere. Trudeau's not going anywhere. Captain Spaulding's not going anywhere. Like everybody, there's just good teams. Jeff Pont, uh, Jeff Pontus is Pontus, right? Or is it Ponts? Ponts. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah. You know, Ralph Lifshitz, that's uh, the man. Um, but anyway, it, it's just, it was really, yeah, it was really, really fun. It was a really fun experience. Yeah, Greg, Greg Wellmeyer is a great player. Um, great player. He's he's taken me to the woodshed on some dynasty trades back in the day. Um, uh, I do want to, before we sign off, I do want to congratulate uh, the prospect itch from Rasball for winning the the Highlander. Um, Smata was 0.5 points behind him Oof, in that tough. this year, so. Um, really close finish there. Uh, Ian, do you got anything else you want to mention uh, before we uh, turn our sights to 2023? Uh, no, that's good. That's good. I mean, you know, it was it was a uh, it was a really good season. It was a really fun season. Uh, Rob and I also took down GDD this year, um, which is a really good league in New York with like Frankie Stample and. Derek Cardi, Ariel Cohen, or a team, they came in second. Uh, Dave Miller came in third. DBR is in that league. He came in fourth. Frankie Stample, as I said, with his partner, Greg. Um, it's just a really strong uh, group. And and we we did take Judge, and we got uh, Julio Rodriguez for five bucks in the auction. And we're not going to get Julio Rodriguez for five bucks in the auction again in the, for the rest of his career, I would think. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. No, no. So it was, it was just it – was, it was – and not perfect. Look, DL won – Rob and I were, we'd won four out of the last five champions and Cushing came back and we were in the lead until Monday, two days ago. And then he passed us. He tied us on Tuesday and then won the league by two points on Wednesday. So a huge tip of the cap to like my old nemesis, uh, Alex, Alex Cushing, who just had a baby. So I'm just so happy for him. And he's just a brilliant player and he masterfully came back. He had no, you know, he, I was going to say he had no business winning that, but he did and he did and he earned it every step of it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, <laughs> sometimes you win, sometimes you lose and sometimes it rains. Think about that. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed, enjoyed uh, the, the under the radar uh, pod this year um, that we don't get to chat on the phone as much as we used to, but it kind of feels like uh, at least I'm, it's nice to hear you once a week. Uh, hey, man, same show. same feeling Feeling is absolutely mutual. And maybe we'll do a draft champions, just you and I this year, just for the fun of it. We'll just <laughs> throw it together. So the problem is now that we compete against each other. I mean, now you're in AL labor and you're staying in AL labor and you were great this year in AL labor. You, you, the, 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 the standings didn't show what a, what a strong job you did. And, 
it's uh next year I, think I, you- I finished in the right spot in the standings i think uh i did i had some really good hits on the pitching side yes um, you did. Kind of theme of my season but uh, just didn't have didn't deserve to finish higher than fifth uh given my offense so well, I, and i gotta i gotta improve on fab next year i was kind of dead set on landing a second closer in fab in that league and probably spent like 40% of my budget trying to do it. And, uh, should have just, I should have just plugged clay Holmes into my lineup, uh, second week of April instead of like last week of may. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I've got a lot of improving to do in that league. I'm really looking forward to, to taking it on, uh, next season. Yeah. Hey, but, but thank you for having, listen, man, it's a, it's an honor for me. Honestly, I know people, people really love and respect you for a very good reason. And I'm, I'm always honored to come on your show and uh, it's really great. So I appreciate you, man. And thank you to the listeners. Rotowire. I had, I loved my years at Rotowire. It was so much fun uh, working with you, working with Clay, working with Jeff, um, working with Derek at the time. And now if you want to check us out uh, at the, at the athletic, the athletic fantasy baseball network, uh, the athletic fantasy baseball podcast. I never get that right. Um, we are, uh, we, you can catch us. We're on the Wednesday show. Typically just look and it says Ian Nando and Derek make a lot of loud noises at each other. Um, <laughs> but it's really fun. And, uh, well, yeah, I gotta, yeah, we've got a, we've got a ton of crossover listeners, uh, but if you're not listening to that pod, you definitely should be, uh, the athletic, uh, fantasy baseball show. Um, Ian does a great job. Always love chatting with you, man. Hopefully, see you maybe in a in a month, but maybe I, not. And no, nah, I think maybe- it's I, I I'm doing what I can to to make that happen. Um, I I have a uh, I have a, uh, a a reservation right now, and so now it's just about making sure that I can come. But work is very crazy right now, and you're, it might be you're tough. super busy. And yeah, I a little really bit right now. You. Really appreciate you taking the time for this, man. Um, hey, buddy. But we'll we'll catch up soon, one way or another. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. And thanks again for having me on, man. Yeah. Uh, this has been the last uh, prospect podcast for a while. Uh, I will be uh, manning the helm for our off season podcast again this, this year, uh, but I'm going to be on vacation for a little bit here. Uh, but look for those uh, either late October, very early November, and then we'll be doing those once a week. Uh, thanks for everyone who listened all season. Uh, really appreciate Ian Khan joining me for this. Uh, James Anderson signing off for now. See you. Thanks again, man. Hey. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.